bonjour, and welcome to the first episode of Minus You. Today we are starting the during chapter with today's topic, which is defining my value. In every relationship in the world, romantic or not, there is an exchange of services or goods between two individuals. There is something that the other lacks or wants in which the secondary party provides that lacking item and vice versa. For example, when you go to Disney, you go because you, frankly, you don't have Space Mountain in your backyard. And Disney needs you because without you buying a ticket to get into the park and to go over to Space Mountain, Space Mountain would not be able to keep hundreds of visitors going to space every day. Now, this relationship can change due to external factors, but you understand the basic idea of a give and take in relationships. Let's look at the romantic and personal connection side of this concept. If we really strip it down to the bare level, we have boy wants a girlfriend, girl wants a boyfriend. Bam! True love. I'm kidding, but that's the basic level for this. Girl wants someone to spend time with and to love and to care for. The boy wants someone to laugh at his jokes, see his value as a man, and take care of someone. These are fairly generic and a little bit stereotypical needs, but as you can see, you can see the reasoning behind a relationship being established. Now, in any of these relationships, these values and these needs can and will fluctuate and be redefined over time. This is not inherently bad. Change is completely normal, and anyone who thinks that your relationship, or you as individuals, or your values, or your needs, will look the same forever, <laughs> you better wake up quick, because that is a big, fat lie. Looking back into the past, Nicholas and I's value in each other changed a lot over time. For example, we met right before COVID happened. We had no idea that we were going to become really, really close very quickly during quarantine. I found value in Nicholas due to the way that he listened to me, the way that he seemed to want to spend time with me even if we were doing absolutely nothing. I found value in his sense of humor and also in his potential as a man. I cannot speak for Nicholas and what he saw in me at the beginning of our relationship, but if I can make an educated guess, it probably had to do with the fact that I enjoyed doing everything with him, even if it wasn't something crazy or exotic. I think he found me funny, and I think that he genuinely enjoyed his time with me in that moment. I believe that he found me physically attractive as well. Flash forward six months into our relationship, this was in the middle of quarantine and we were transitioning into new jobs, the reasons why we loved each other are the same, and, but our values, you know, they changed a little bit over time, and this is completely normal. At the core, we still loved being around each other regardless of the circumstances. That was something that is really awesome in a relationship, and that was one of my favorite things about Nicholas and I. But looking into the last year of our relationship is where the value in each other started to really shift. In 2022, Nicholas and I were living in Orlando, Florida. I was a house manager slash executive assistant for a home in Disney World's Golden Oak neighborhood. I was salaried. I was making quite a bit more than Nicholas for some time. I believe that he passed me by about $5,000 when he started his finance job, but I paid for a lot of expenses. I furnished, I furnished physical furniture, holiday decorations, the majority of trips, and extracurricular activities. Let me make this clear. By no means was I fully financially responsible for our lives, and we we split living expenses really pretty evenly. I think he actually paid a little bit more for internet and utilities. But lifestyle-wise, I was highly in charge of this financially and also planning-wise. Honestly, I'm not really sure why this was. 
if he was making a bit more than I was, he probably should have been providing more for these things. But most of these things were my idea or my initiative. For example, I loved holiday decorations. Like every holiday you can think of, I had decorations for it in the house, in the apartment, wherever. I mean, even in my freaking car, I had decorations. I spent a lot making our home look really good for each holiday. That wasn't really Nicholas's thing, and that's okay. I paid for concerts and music festivals, which was also mostly my thing. I don't think it was necessarily a conscious choice for him to not provide these things. Like, I don't think he was like, I don't want to buy these things for her. She doesn't deserve this or like some kind of malicious intent. I just think that it truly was that I was supplying it. So he just didn't need to think about that or do that. In April of 2022, Nicholas and I were faced with the option of renewing our lease, looking for a different apartment, or possibly looking for a house. We decided to look for a house. Our future was in Florida. I came across a four-bedroom manufactured home, and we took a chance to went to look at it. We walked in, we met the owner, which to this day, I hate the previous homeowner. Like, he's like one of the worst people in the world. He's terrible. His name is Arlen, and I hope he dies a terrible death. <laughs> Anyways, Nicholas and I went into his house, looked at it, and looked at one another, and we just knew that this was gonna be, like, this was gonna be our home. Did it need some desperate TLC and, like, a sensi in every corner and every floorboard in the house? Oh my god, yeah. Like, it needed, it needed work. But this was gonna be our home and our adventure. And we were really, we were so excited. We were gonna have an office space for him. We were gonna have our very own gaming room since we played video games together a lot. And we even were gonna have a guest bedroom for visiting family members. It was a daunting task, to say the least, to buy a home at 21 years old, but hey, we got started in the process. My dream of creating a home that was truly Nicholas and I's died just a few weeks later after a trip home to visit family for my grandmother's funeral. To give some insight on the death of my dream, or our dream, or what was our dream, I am going to explore a bit of the conflict that comes before this. On visits home, Nicholas and I visited family separately. This was the same as we flew home from my grandmother's funeral. This always made me really upset. We were an established couple, but due to his mom's need to see her son taking precedence over my grandma's funeral events, which Nicholas did come to this, like the ceremony, but didn't come to the funeral. It was, it was a weird thing. But it just, it made me really upset that Nicholas didn't respect the meaning of the trip and that the same thing kept happening again and again. We were going our separate ways. So at this point, Nicholas's family, especially his mother, had strongly disliked me, um, dare I say hated me, for a really long time. This was an ongoing conflict that we'll be talking about more in depth in other episodes, especially in the episode following this one. Over this trip for the funeral, there was a meeting planned to talk to his family about Nicholas and I's future. But as Nicholas and I argued over text about how I felt in regards to our split family visits again, I decided that I just, I shouldn't go to this meeting and I frankly didn't want to. I knew that I was not going to be facing this abuse from his family as a couple, like with Nicholas. It wasn't going to be a couple against, you know, not against, but it wasn't going to be a couple facing his parents. It was going to be some three against one situation that I was not going to put myself in. I ended up unfriending him on Snapchat and that I was really upset, which was not the best way to express my anger and his choices. 
But in my choice to skip this family meeting, as well as me unfriending him on Snapchat, in those hours before we met at the airport again, they decided to have their own family meeting. Their final word on this meeting is that I would never be one of them, and the family convinced Nicholas to take the house from me. Hours later, when I woke up again in our apartment in Orlando, Nicholas handed me a stack of papers that had his name on them. It was a mortgage application. And he told me that I had three months to find a place to live and that he was leaving me. He took his suitcase and he left. He took the house from me by applying for it on his own as we initially applied for it together. And it was now completely Nicholas's. It was not ours. To this day, that house does not have my name on it. After devastation, begging, and some crazy miracle, I convinced him that we should stay together and still live in this home together. I poured my heart and my soul into that home. I wanted to prove to him and to his family that I was a good woman, a good home provider, a woman who was worthy of being with him and being his feminine support with a clean and really nice home to come back to every day after work. 85% of the items in that home came from my pocketbook. Everything from the dishwasher, the stove, the bed he still sleeps in every night, the flooring in the kitchen, the master bedroom, the master bathroom, the living room, the gaming room. It was all mine. It still is technically mine. Honestly, I think the only things that are actually his in the house are his office furniture and his office items. Yeah, I, I fully furnished a four-bedroom house. Things were emotionally very hard at the time that we moved into the house. We were under insane amounts of stress after we found out the house actually had a completely destroyed roof and we had gallons of water pouring down our walls as it rained every day. Let me preface that with, actually, we did not get a home inspection before we bought the house, which is 125% Nicholas and I's fault for not choosing to do that. Um, the previous homeowner, Arlen, moved out right before rain season started. So like three days after moving in, I had water dripping in my face. And I was like, what is happening? And it was just, it, it, it became a living hell, which I will talk more about that experience in other episodes. But oh gosh, it was, it was horrendous. It was really stressful and it was really hard. Um, Nicholas had buried his head in work as I was creating a home started planning our wedding, was working at Golden Oak, and working in Disney Entertainment. All well, both of us are handling the house situation and trying to get settled in. In the end, when Nicholas began cheating, I looked back and I realized that he had acquired almost everything he needed materialistically. This was when the shift became more noticeable. This is the whole point of the episode. Nicholas began to choose not to work on our relationship when he was subconsciously realizing that he had all of his stuff lined up for his materialistic success. The day I wrote out a pros and cons list, as I considered staying with him after cheating, he was really angry that the cons I was writing out were outweighing the amount of pros I had written down. I told him that I understood that the cons were probably outweighing the pros because I was really angry, so I was probably forgetting things on the pros list. 
But I mentioned that the list still was pretty alarming. On the pros, it was a lot of like, I love spending my time with you. You're my best friend. And I love you. We've been together for so long. And, you know, I see a future with you. And then on the cons list, it was like, you do not emotionally provide for me. And I feel very lonely. I feel ignored. Um, You've never fixed the situation with your family. It was like pretty heavy stuff. And I, you know, like I said, I mentioned that there probably is a disbalance because I'm angry, but he was very angry. His ending response was flipping me off with both hands and saying, well, fuck you. I just got a promotion and I make X amount of money a year now. So I'm done. And he walked out of the room. He didn't need me anymore. I gave him all his stuff. I provided the facade of a comfortable life with all of his items. And he thought, why should I put any more effort into the provider when I can provide for my own stuff now? This came with a scary realization that my value in the last months of our relationship was most definitely tied into the fact that I had physical items and money that he did not yet. I wasn't valued for providing love, companionship, or a person to experience life with. I was valued for my stuff. Nicholas kept me around when it was hard because I quite literally furnished his life during that time. This was so hard because it was not always that way at all. At all. This was a new development in the face of money and access to materialistic change and a very sad change in priorities in Nicholas's life. I'll say it again. This was not how he always was at all. This was, this was completely new and not the Nicholas that I fell in love with. When I asked him for change... I asked for hard work in our relationship and not hard work at his workplace. He got that promotion and realized that he just didn't need to do any work or any change for our relationship to maintain his priority, which was not me or our relationship. It was his image and his lifestyle and his career. So why work for something that you can already get without any effort at all? That really, that really wrecked me. And it still hurts me very deeply to this day. It's very hard to learn how to heal from a changed value set like that. Um, I don't really have an answer for those of you that may be struggling with that right now because it's something that I'm still learning how to deal with every day. And over time and even every day, I wake up and feel a different way about it. But it's, it's definitely really hard. The reality is relationships are all transactional. We just look at the word transactional as like a really bad word, but it's actually not. Transactional means an exchange or an interaction between people, if you just like look it up in the dictionary. My word of advice for you is to really examine your relationship. Yes, your relationship is transactional. There is a give and there is a take by both sides involved. But how much of it is a monetary transaction in balance and in accordance with emotional, physical, or just human need transactions between the two of you. If you sense that one of these items is unbalanced or one-sided, please talk with your partner about this and evaluate your choices and your partner's choices. Because if you do not, you can end up being greatly taken advantage of and experience a lot of hurt. And it's, it's hard to come back from that. There's a lot, if you don't have this conversation, you're going to have to have a much more difficult one later or experience loss like I did. I lost everything materialistic, everything. 
And it is really hard to process some days when I wake up and I realize all the money and time and effort that I spent on creating a home that was taken from me. I can't, I can't get that back. It's gone. The money is spent and he walked away with it. But I walked away with myself and with the lesson. Evaluate your value on one another in the relationship on a regular basis. Not only will this provide your partner with insight on your view of them and how your relationship balances out between the two of you, this is also protection for yourself, your heart, your money, your effort, and your time. As you have these conversations, take value in their words, but also take a very close look at their words relating to their actions regarding these requests for change. People will tell you until they're blue in the face, yes, I can change this, or I can say this differently next time, or I cannot do this because it hurts, like whatever it is. And I'm guilty of saying that. I'm guilty of saying, hey, I'm going to make a change and then not implementing it. And same with Nicholas. Nicholas has said things, well, I'm going to do this, and it just never happened. So I'll make that clear again. Like I, I have full fault in doing this before as well. So if they don't do it, these words that you're saying or that they're saying are kind of just like worthless garbage. So when you take time to look at one another's value, also write it down. See how these things change over time, how they're implemented. Some months and some years of your relationship, you may value your partner for things that you did not before. Or you may value something less now than you did earlier in your relationship. But growing together, identifying needs and different values in each other, this will not only protect you as individuals, but will fortify your relationship with one another for the better. As I close out this first episode of Minus You, I really want to encourage you guys to see this story and really this podcast as a lesson and not a death sentence to your relationship. If you see this happening in your relationship or another issue that I bring up at some point in this podcast, I really want you to know, please know this, it does not mean at all that your relationship is doomed. Think on this. Think on the situation. Examine it more closely. And then find a time to talk to your partner about this and how you can work together as a team to rebalance, for instance, this episode, the scale of value between you both. But for other episodes, it would be whatever the issue is, whatever that topic is. How do you work as a team to overcome that issue? There will be hurt in these conversations. Like, that is inevitable. They're going to be hard conversations. But see this as a way to forgive over time. This does not happen overnight. It takes time. It takes time to heal And it takes time to learn how to do better for the person that you love so that you can do this on both sides of the relationship. And really, the most important thing above all of this is being able to grow together as a couple with willingness, effort, and love from both parties in a relationship. A damaged relationship can be healed and become even stronger. I pray that if you encounter this with your loved one, and if that's the situation that you are in, I hope that you're going to be able to do that work together. But 
if it can't be healed and it can't be fixed because one party is choosing to walk away, I know how hard that is and how devastating it is. But know that your effort and that your lesson can be learned as a tool in a future relationship. Everyone has value to their partner in more ways than one. So take time to visit these values and to take care of one another and to really protect yourself when there is an unbalance. I will see you next week for the second episode of the During Chapter of Minus You, which is Allowing Abuse, in which we will explore the emotional abuse that I endured and that Nicholas allowed for a very long time from my almost mother-in-law, Jen, and how it not only changed my perspective, but others' perspectives and others' opinions that were around her. Until next week, adios.